With a combination of rural and suburban outposts, Franklin County has a unique place within the St. Louis metro area. And Franklin County Presiding Commissioner John Griesheimer says his longtime home possesses its share of opportunities and challenges. The Republican official joins us next on another edition of Politically Speaking. So let's hit the music. This is the Politically Speaking podcast, a candid conversation with the Show Me State's biggest political newsmakers. I'm Jason Merzenbaum. And I'm Joe Manis. That's Eric Reitens. Navy <laughs> SEALs running for governor. And I'm really, really glad to be on with you, Jason and Joe. I'm going to push back on these regulators. I'm doing this for the people. I was encouraged along the way, not just by my family, but by a lot of teachers and professors and knew when I was in college that I would run for office someday. We're very excited about the prospect of having some more free market solutions. Even though after the conversation, I still might not agree. We want our listeners to get a real sense of what drives these people. They're actually people with a story to tell. And welcome to the Politically Speaking podcast, the only podcast about Missouri politics that believes in hard work, that believes in values, and whose platform will surface in due time. (laughs) I'm your host, Jason Rosenbaum, a reporter with St. Louis Public Radio. Joining me in studio today is... Colleague Joe Manis. And joining us for the first time ever, somebody that both Joe and I know very well. And we're really pumped about this. uh, Our special guest today is... John Griesheimer, presiding commissioner of Franklin County. Hey, it's good to it's good to be back with you guys again. Well, this is going to be a very nostalgic podcast for yes, both Joe is. and I because um, I've I've known presiding commissioner Griesheimer when he was senator Griesheimer. I'm sure you knew yes, him when was, he was representative Griesheimer. Yes, yeah. yes. You, you have a very long, distinguished <laughs> career in public service going back to the early '80s. If Actually, I'm not 1982. Yeah, 1982. That's where I started. Um. Before we we ask about kind of your background and your career, just kind of explain what the presiding commissioner of Franklin County does. Well, in in St. Louis County and St. Charles County and Jefferson County, you've got a you've got a uh, a county council and a county executive. Well, we're we are the legislative body of Franklin County, but there are three commissioners: the presiding commissioners elected by all of the county residents and then you have the two district commissioners which one's elected by the northern well by the northern half the other's elected by the southern half of the county so there's there's a, a three commission uh panel that that we are the legislative body of franklin county so now jefferson county used to have that until Correct. a few years ago when it changed yes is there is does franklin county which is pretty fast growing does it have any plans to change its form of government so that it would have the council uh, county executive form, or do or do you think this works well? What you have? Now? Well, at some point we're going to grow to the point where we're going to need a, a county council. But actually, we had an election. I'm going to say about two years ago, maybe three years ago. Um, no, excuse me, excuse me. It was longer than that. I think it was about eight or nine years. Yeah, ago. Yeah, it was. It was. You're right. Time it was before I came on. Yeah, yeah. Oh, when you get old, you know. Um, but yeah, it was it was that before I came on in, uh, in 2010, and it, it was to form a county, you know, a county executive county, maybe charter county, and it went down in flames. And there were there were rumors on both sides, both the, the Democrats and Republicans. I mean, no, nobody liked it. None. And as I remember, I think I got maybe 40 percent of the vote. But yeah, not nearly enough. Not nearly enough. So I don't see it. I don't see it happening on the radar screen for quite a while. Now explain a little bit to our listeners, like where's the county seat in Franklin County um, and then sort of like some of the main industries 
and the growth in Franklin County? The the county seat is actually kind of centrally located in Franklin County in Union, Missouri, off of Highway 50. And we've got, a, we're, I'm going to say at the last, well, the last census we were 101,000. We're probably 103. We're not we're not really growing as, as, as well as we should, okay, compared to Jefferson County or St. Charles County. Um, but we are we're kind of on the western fringe of the of the of the metropolitan area so it it's a longer drive for for people to to uh, go to work in the st. Louis metropolitan area um, our, our obviously our, our largest industry in Franklin County is actually Mercy Hospital okay where they've got the main hospital and then Mercy South the clinic but uh, we've got some large industries um, our Parker Hannafin used to be uh, a Sporland valve company. They're a large industry. And then we've got a number of, of other industries there. Actually, the Federal Reserve's got a place out in Washington, Missouri. A little oh, really? Storage, yeah. I mean, we we, uh, we we are a little more diverse than what everybody gives us credit for. I was glad. I was just going to bring up Washington, Missouri. So that's a good segue because in some ways there seems like in Franklin County there's always been this power play between Washington, oh, Missouri yeah. and Union, Missouri. Yep. Washington, a lot of people, a lot of people in St. Louis area have gone there. Great entertainment parts right there on the uh, river, and uh, it's f- relatively fast growing. I actually used to help run a uh, antique store down there. Oh wow! Yeah, and um, or booth rather. <laughs> but so, how do you? I mean, how does that play out now? Because it does Which, seem like Franklin County is kind of a mixture between suburban and rural, and well, that it often is. comes into play. Whereas we're suburban, but um, honestly, there's still the rivalry between Washington and the other communities, particularly Union. I hate that. You know, I, I'm originally from St. Clair, and so I, I've lived in Washington since 1976, and and, uh, and I love it. I would I would give my heart, I give my heart and soul and everything to Washington. It's it is the hub of Franklin County, the economic hub. And whether ever communities like it or not, but you know, Union has done very, very well. Actually, Union's probably growing faster than Washington uh, demographically and statistically. But Union's got East Central College, and they've got a lot of um, growth uh, near Industrial Park. They've they've expanded their residential on the residential side, so they're doing they're doing very well. But Washington is is growing, but at a much I think slower pace than than Union is. But Seems like all the rest of the communities are, are they're barely growing. They, they are there is a little growth, but for the most part, it's it's pretty well flatlined. So before we get into some of Franklin County's big issues and kind of your reflections on Missouri politics, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I think from reading a news article from 2005, I got mm-hmm. the sense that you kind of have humble origins economically, um, wow. but you've also, as I mentioned on the outset have been in public service for a very long time, starting at, like, the city councilman level all yep. the way up to your point now. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm the luckiest guy in the world. I mean, I got into uh, – my parents died at an early age. I was raised by my grandmother. And if you'd have told me when I was in high school that I'd be in politics, I'd, t- I'd call you a liar. I mean, I, this was never <laughs> my game plan. But I got into, uh, I guess, public service – uh, running for the Washington City Council for the first time in, in 82, and actually I won by four votes. Four votes. Four votes. Oh, okay, this and, is the power of every vote counts. Yes, exactly right, and I and I am the, the example of that. I had, Again, my first run at politics, I ran against four people. Um, one, was, one was a hometown name, okay, and I'd only lived there for five years. My wife had been there forever, but uh, I, I won in... Uh, 
uh, I never looked back. I, I was on the city council for six years, and and I was in I was in car sales. I had sold automobiles for 25 years, but I'd gotten um, I'd gotten kind of down. I, I really felt I was a failure in life, and so then at that point, I decided to run for full time politics, and I ran for a s- spot on the Franklin County Commission, but as a district commissioner. So I won that race, and I served Frank in Franklin County for for four years to which back then there were two-year terms now they're four-year but um, then um, an opening came up our, our 20 uh, 20 year term uh, state uh, representative Wes Miller he decided to retire and I ran for state rep and uh, won that seat now this is before term limits correct? I came actually this is or, how lucky, right around the this is how lucky it. I am I was elected when term limits got elected. So, so uh, uh, in in '92, that's when term limits was yes. was gone. And actually, it, going back, the the head of the term limits drive was Greg up Greg yes, Upchurch, yes. a Franklin Countyan. But uh, I I I am, I I am not that. a I can tell you I am not a fan of term limits. Okay. I well, mean, we, well, we can we, talk, we can talk about, about that, that a yeah. little bit. But you know, you started off your career kind of in the the minority because Republicans were oh, not big time. were not in control then, and then. You eventually became a state senator in 2002 when they were in the majority. Right. You know, I covered the legislature, uh, you know, a year after Matt Blunt got elected. And I got the sense that a lot of, I would say, people who had been in the minority in the House and then were in the Senate were really motivated to get things done, probably by how they were treated so poorly by the Democrats. Is that fair to say? It was not a fun time to be in the minority. and, And that's why I... I have a problem with the legislature now. They don't have the Republicans don't have any idea what it was like to be in the minority, and you know those of us that that had been there and done that, you know, realize look, you got to treat people a certain way. You've got to do things a certain way, and you know the the term term limits is I think has just killed the state, has ruined it. Uh, again, I, in '92. The Republican Party was pushing term limits, and I said at that time, I, I'm against it. I was one of the few that stuck to my guns and said, you know, this is, you know, you have term limits at the ballot box. You know, I mean, just because a guy's doing a good job or a gal that all of a sudden we're going to knock her out and, and knock him out and, and go to somebody else, that's you don't do that in the private sector. Why are you doing it here? But anyway, um, I... Um, it is what it is, and nobody nobody has the wherewithal or the will to, to change it, to put it on the ballot. But uh, I, I think it has hurt the legislature tremendously. But going back to your original question again, I wish those that serve in, in the legislature would remember what it was like, what it's like to serve in a minority, because they they would understand you can't do things the way you sometimes they do it without consequences and you got you got to remember what what everybody went through back then and nobody's that's the problem there's no institutional memory anymore so you ended up being in the general assembly all told including your house and senate 18 years 18 years that's what i thought mm-hmm. so is there anything in particular that you recall as either a major achievement or something that you were glad in that you were involved in either to get something passed or to block it oh gosh well i, I didn't do a whole lot of blocking in in the um, in the Senate, obviously in the House, when you're in a minority, you can't you can't do much of anything. But I had some challenges. I the uh, emissions program the that was init- it was that was initiated when I was in the House, the current emissions testing program in in the St. Louis area, including Franklin County. I fought that tooth and nail. 
Um, you fought against that? I fought against it. Yeah. And, and the way that the department did it for a while, they contracted with with a contractor, and they, the way they set it up where it was you could only go to two or three stations, okay, back then, it was terrible. And it was, and I, I sponsored the bill, and, and we passed it. Now it converted it back over and put it back in the mom-and-pop shops and repair, repair, repair facilities. Uh, that was one thing I did. But the biggest thing, I guess, um, that I was happy about, well, a couple of things. I, I worked, I was, I was chairman of the Senate Economic Development Committee and Local Government mm-hmm. Committee for six years, and we got a lot done. We did a lot of, we did a lot of, uh, um, Ta- not just tax credits, but but special programs for different industries. You know, I look at Monsanto, the the expansion that they've done, and and that was all part of, of what I had done. And but locally, I mean, I I specialized in my local Franklin County stuff, and you know, there wasn't an Amtrak stop in Washington until I got there. And I'm that's probably my still is. It sounds kind of corny, but <laughs> no, I'm proud of it. I mean, I I am proud of it. There wasn't one, and I and I fought and got it there, and. Um, the other thing is we now in the kind of the southern part of Franklin County have an, in, uh, an enhanced enterprise zone. And that was one thing that I did in the Senate. And, and when, then when I got to the county, they hadn't done anything with it. So we were able to actually implement that. So that there's a new Menards Distribution Center in Sullivan that's going right now that w- it, had it not been for the, the EEZ, it would, not be, it would not be there. So that's another thing that I'm proud of. Before we transition into current issues, the article mm-hmm. I was referring to earlier was on uh, in 2005 when the Republicans ended up cutting Medicaid pretty substantially. And I remember yeah. you made a pretty impassioned speech talking about how difficult of a decision that was because I believe you or your family were on Medicaid. No, my or, family wasn't, but my grandmother, she wasn't on Medicaid, but she was, all, all we had was Social Security. Yeah, exactly. You know, and she raised me on Social Security with the death of my father. But Yeah, and uh, my, my question was, you mm-hmm. know, that, that decision has stood, like, for the last 12 years. There have been attempts to raise it back, but that decision the Senate and the House made back then is still the lay of the land. Was that one of the toughest decisions you ever made as a senator? It was one of the toughest votes I ever had to make. Yeah, and and because you know, with my upbringing, upbringing, you know, I I I grew up with with people that didn't that you know had uh, tough economic uh, times. Um, you know, I can relate. It's hard for people to understand, but I can relate to those that that don't have the um, you know the the highest wages and that, but. And that was that was why, especially with my grandmother and, and everybody else, I I understood. I mean, what it was going to do, but it was a decision we had to make. We the state was going broke, and you know I will tell you that after that vote, I I caught hell from a lot of people. Excuse my French, I really did. That I caught more grief from people um, over that vote, and it, it was even from people that had great um, economic. Uh, uh, assets. I mean, you know, those that they had were, were fairly wealthy, but they had compassion for for those that didn't have the, you know, that were on Medicaid. But, you know, then after that, after that initial vote, then people started realizing for the next couple, three years that, that you know, look, we, we had to do what we had to do because as I said, it was unsustainable. And, and it still is. I, one thing that I wish... Yeah, and Mercy Hospital, I know, is, has been advocating some kind of expansion. Yeah, Medicaid expansion. Medicaid yeah. expansion. And and we can't go back to where we were because there were a lot of abuses. But, 
you know, we also can't have everybody going to the emergency rooms either because, you know, it, it's going to drain not the hospital and, and not, not paying. Pay. That's the I mean, problem. That's the problem. Yeah, that's the problem. So I don't, I don't know, and, and I get it. I mean, I, I understand we can't go back and do what we did, or you know, and and to try to expand it, but there has to be some way to help, at least to help the hospitals out. But um, that was going back. That was the toughest vote I ever had to make. Well, have you heard? I mean, because it's kind of a segue a little bit, but uh, as the presiding commissioner, have you been hearing from some of the nursing homes in Franklin County about whether or not they might be affected? You know, if some of the uh, uh, like if the Senate bill were to pass in Congress, I mean, if Congress makes some of the Medicaid cuts, there's a lot of predictions that it's really going to affect nursing homes because actually the highest percentage of spending on Medicaid is actually for low-income elderly mm-hmm. in nursing homes. Yeah. I'm just wondering if you've heard much about that in Franklin County. To be honest with you, I have not. Now, I, I, do, have a, I do have a cousin that's right now in a nursing home and I, I i would have to suspect that she's probably on medicaid because they don't really have any income to speak of but um so i do have a concern there but again it's it's a it's like a death spiral i mean i i don't know where where we're going because at some point it, it's all of this is just unsustainable um you know i i, I again i have compassion for for those that don't that don't have income to, you know, to have a, a decent wage or de- decent family life, but I, I don't know. I, I don't know what the answer is because again, um, the state just can't keep keep the expansion of Medicaid and, and those programs up without some kind of a tax major tax increase. I don't think or revenue increase. And right now, as they look, the governor, as far as I know, he still hasn't. He hasn't acted on the bus budget yet, from what no. I understand. And I mean, no, now they got a short. Apparently, they got a hundred what one hundred twenty five one hundred twenty five million dollars shortfall. So. Well, well, I'm transitioning more locally, and I think we'll circle back to state okay. politics near the end. What are the big issues in Franklin County? I know I talked with you a few years ago about transportation being probably a, a particularly critical issue, just because some of the roads in Franklin County are narrow and pretty dangerous. Um, but including that, what are some things that have like been at top of mind for you as the presiding commissioner? Well, obviously, um, transportation is our, our biggest issue. You know, I mean, it, it really is. It's um, We need Highway 47 improved from St. Clair to Washington, and the money's not there. It's probably a, a eighty close to $80 million project that MoDOT doesn't have any funds for. Um, but the other issue is, I guess, really is is our growth. As you know, you either grow or you die yeah. as, 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 a, as a, a governmental entity. And we've been growing, but we have not been growing at any type. Of, we're, we're not flatlined yet, but the, it's very, very slow. And it, it, it's bothersome to Why do you think me. that is? I, the only thing I can figure out is the fact that, you know, you've got St. Charles County that's booming, but it's a short drive. It's, just, it's a very short drive. For Franklin County, it's it's, you know, over half hour, maybe 45 minutes to an hour, depending on where you're commuting from. I mean, it's, it's a drive out there. And um, we, don't have, we don't have the services that, like, St. Clair, or, or excuse me, St. Charles County has or, or Jefferson County, but we don't have the taxes, the, the tax rates either. So, I mean, you, the, the quali- I, th- we, I think we have a tremendous quality of life, but... We just don't have all of the the services yet that people want. But again, 
we got to have growth, and and that's I think the the biggest issue is economic development. And the econ- the, the EEZ, the Enhanced Enterprise Zone, has helped, but it just it 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 still hasn't gotten us to the to the growth potential that we should be. Now, Heather, fa- I think what forty or fifty years ago, I think Franklin County used to have some small factories like everybody did. Mm-hmm. Um, and what has replaced them? If anything, and is that part of the problem, is that there isn't enough of those mid-level, middle-class factory jobs? Or is there something else that that you think, if it's more tourism, or what do you think is the key to improving the economic growth? Well, obviously, the wages are one thing. Um, we do have a fair number of large industries. Um, uh, in New Haven, for example, the little town of New Haven, they've got Hennage's which manufacture uh, weather strips for the auto industry, and I know all everybody is is uh, you know we're look everybody's looking for for good health, but you got to pay you know the the wage scale needs to be a little higher to to keep those people because obviously with St Louis with St Louis County with St Charles County and to a lesser part Jefferson County I mean it's competitive out there in. We need. We really need to to obviously get the wage rates up a little bit to where it, we are competitive with the other part of the metro area. I would imagine if your transportation infrastructure improved and it was easier to get to St. or easier to get to Franklin County to St. Louis, that might be an economic driver too. Yes. Is that fair to say? And I know from talking to you three years ago, you were a supporter of the sales tax increase for transportation. But since then, there really hasn't been any proposal for transportation. No. That has to be pretty frustrating. It's that very fair to frustrating. Say? I mean, you look at you look at the needs that we have, and you look at just in Franklin County, but you look at the needs in the, in the St. Louis area. I mean, really. I mean, I, I don't understand why they the legislature doesn't at least put a a, a initiative on the ballot. And let the people decide. And I, 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 it's frustrating. But you know, I know our, our, our. Uh, I, for the most part, I think most of our legislative delegation um, is supportive. Not ever, not all of them are. But something's got to be done. We can't keep going like we're doing. Now, what would you recommend? Would it be a sales tax, property tax, increasing the gas tax? I mean, uh, uh, increasing the tobacco. I mean, I'm just wondering. As you look at it, what do you think would be the best way to raise the money that the state needs? Uh, it's basically for the state's match for federal funds in many cases. Right. Um, just kind of your thoughts. I know some advocate a gas tax. Um, I think, personally, I think it ought to be a little bit of everything. And I mean a little bit of everything. I mean, obviously, maybe the majority needs to be on the gas tax. But... As I say, you can't put all your eggs in one basket, and I'm afraid, especially with the gas tax, to to get the amount of revenue that we need, you're going to raise your gas the gas tax pretty significantly, and I, I'm afraid it's it's going to hurt it's going to hurt everybody, especially those the low income um, households. So I think if you do, and again, this is me, but I think if you do a little bit in and maybe a little the the highest amount in the gas tax, but a little bit of sales tax and maybe some user fees, maybe that's that's the 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 silver bullet that solves our problem. Toll I don't know. toll roads? No, I, I'm not supportive of toll roads. 
And, and, and I know there's an initiative out there to, to knock that out. Well, they're not going anywhere. They, they haven't gone anywhere for years. And, and, you know, I think Warren County's in the middle of an uh, initiative, you know, put, try to put it on a ballot. Come on, it's not going. It's not going to happen. It's, it's not basically to stop something that has no chance of passing. Exactly. But you know, one of the other things that I think that some people, I mean, there are arguments for and against gas taxes, sales taxes, whatnot. But from what you told me a couple of years ago, this is a matter of public safety. A lot of your roads are, are pretty dangerous, and they need to be widened so you know people aren't literally dying on them. Is that fair to say? It's fair to say. And you know, yeah, there was an initiative to pave the roads, but. You know the bridges, especially, um, or, or it's a critic. It, it's critical. Uh, you know the bridges, the, the safety of the bridges. I mean, it's scary when you think some of the you know, when you cross a bridge. Is this is this going to hold up when you get to the other side? I mean, um, and and it's not just for the state, for the state government, the state highways. It's for the for the cities and the counties both. I mean, they all need additional. We all need additional revenue for. To, to make improvements, but it's not there. Now, switching gears to um, drugs, because that's been a big issue in mm-hmm. rural and suburban areas. Oh, yeah. that, well, kind of the meth and then the opioid addiction. Yes. I, I know for from... from a while ago that meth was an enormous problem in Franklin County. And I'm wondering if it's still a problem or whether the opioid crisis has, has basically, you know, cast down on Franklin County or is it both? Essentially? Well, the meth, I think the meth uh, crisis has subsided for the most part. There may, there are still some meth producers out there, but for the most part, it's been, it's been tougher to get the pseudoephedrine. Why? Oh, oh, oh because of the laws? Yes, and, and Franklin County does, we, we did implement that, the yeah. pseudofedrin law, where you have to have a doctor's prescription to, to obtain that. Um, right now, we're, we're in the same crisis mode as, as what everybody else is with the opioid. I mean, we just, in Washington, they just had, uh, I think, three overdoses just in the last couple of days. I mean, it's, it's a serious situation, but the, I, I don't know. I, I, this, and we're going on the, the monitoring program. Mm. I, I, I have grave doubts of whether the, that on the local side it works. It needs to come from the state. Oh, so as far as having a state monitoring program, mm-hmm. which died. Yes. I mean, I was in the. I was. I was one of the issues I was following in the general assembly, and it did die like in that last week or two. It thought it might come up, but it didn't. Uh, we had had uh, Representative Holly Rader on, who was one of the main crafters right. of the key bill. Do you have any thoughts on what sort of, I mean, is there a way for the General Assembly to get past the roadblock in the Senate, which is generally about concerns over privacy? I mean, just kind of what are your thoughts as a veteran, former legislator, how to get that something passed? Well, it's frustrating the, that one senator blocks the whole and gums up the whole works. Um, is very frustrating, and I, I, you know, at least going back on my memory bank when I served in the Senate, there's one way to fix that. Well, there's actually two ways. Nobody's going to want to do the one way, which is the previous question. So, you know what they need to do? They need to trot the bill out, and they they need to keep it out on keep it out on the floor 
and and let let the senator collapse. I mean, that's that's what you do in a filibuster. If let him talk it to death, and then when he can't talk no more, he collapses on the floor, and they pass the bill. I mean, that's that's when we did that. We did that one time with with Jason Bartle, or, uh, Matt or not Bartle. Jason, not Matt Bartle. On a, on a gubernatorial appointment, yeah. and he, he held the floor until 17 about— 17 hours yeah, by then, himself. But then finally his his legs quivered and withered, and, and that was the end of it. And, and I know it sounds crude, but look, folks, I mean, you can't have one person, and that's what we got here. We got okay, one person holding names. the— it, It's Rob Schaff, but yeah. I actually think that he has help now because there were some more conservative people that got elected last cycle. And I think that's the issue with it, just if he sits down, another person stands up. And if you have four people filibustering, it's hard to break. When you, when you, have, when you have four, if there's just one, you can do it. But if you've got three or four— yeah, there's no way you can do that. Well, why do you think that a statewide would be better than like a county by county? Because what you were referring to is St. Louis County started one and a lot of other counties have joined in. I guess Franklin is one of them or is thinking of doing that. Is that correct? I, I don't think so. I, you know, we are again the three member commission. I think my other two, my other two colleagues are are not in favor of okay. it. And I've, and I've had I've had concerns because they really haven't. This this has not been set up very long, and I want to make sure that all the kinks are out of this program mm-hmm. before we do it. You know, let the testing be done, but then after that, you know, if we're going to do it. But I don't think we've got, in Franklin County, I don't think I've got the votes to pass. Well, and for our listeners, Missouri is the only state that yeah. does not have a statewide opioid monitoring program. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I don't know if you know this that grandly, but where are people getting the opioids? Are they just getting them, like, over-the-counter prescriptions and they're abusing it? Or are they going to St. Louis City to get them? Like, where is, where is this scrooge coming from well what, what i'm what i have been told it's it's the doctor's prescriptions okay and i guess they're dots in some cases doctor shopping um I, I know one thing from my own from my own pain uh it is a lot it is more difficult to get um any type of pain medicine from a doctor i mean i mean it is very difficult to um, to get the the really the opioids uh, or any type of pain medicine from from a, your family physician, so I, I but I, I people are doing it. Well, I mean, because there there is this debate about I mean, there's the concern about the crisis uh, mm-hmm. as far especially with young people and others who get these prescriptions or steal the drugs. Uh, some say it's really because it's a reflection of the economic times and that there aren't uh, some decent jobs. I mean, that it becomes a spiral, kind of a depression thing. People start doing it because there's anything else to do. Because if I'm not mistaken, opioids are basically like prescription drugs that are abusing. And a lot of times this leads to heroin abuse, which yeah. is kind of similar. But it, it continues Yeah, up. but sometimes, you know, they, they just get, well, I mean, it's like Oxycontin, some of the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on the other hand, you have people with serious illnesses or they're dying. Right. And uh, frankly, I can speak from experience about this. Right. A relative who I thought they were shortchanging, giving him the uh, opioids that he needed to make himself comfortable. I mean, the man's dying. You know, I mean, he's going to be, you know, he's only got a week or so. Why? So there seems to be um, some question about this. On the one hand, they want to make sure that they curb this. But on the other hand, there are people who legitimately need the drugs for right. to, for pain management right and that's that's where the 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 line is is very very gray 
and and from, and and again and and there may be some doctors out there that are abusing it i don't know that i know that from from my own you know physician that again it's they are very very cons- cautious and conservative when they prescribe painkillers and that because they want to make sure that you're not you know obviously not dependent on it but that again that you're not abusing it either and 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 believe me the st- the the state and I, the feds are watching the i think the doctors more so than ever before so it's it's not like they're just they just got an open open checkbook and they're just writing prescriptions left and right maybe there's maybe again maybe there's some doctors out there but for the most part i think they're pretty well nailed down shifting a little bit to state politics but also mixing in uh your local expertise I know that on Friday they're going to be coming out with a report about uh, tax credits and tax incentives. Um, the governor set up a commission that is studying a lot of uh, economic mm-hmm. tax breaks, like the historic preservation tax credit, the low-income tax credit, and maybe some of the tax credits that passed when you were chair of the Economic Development Commi- Committee. Um, you know, my assumption, I don't have the report in front of me, but since the governor has been critical of tax credits and tax incentives and this commission is full of people who are also critical of those incentives, that it's probably going to recommend some pretty deep cuts in these incentive programs. As somebody who was heavily involved in some of these things, how do you see this going forward and how would it affect a community like yours? Well, I think it it would affect all communities, especially those that are involved. Washington and Franklin County, especially Washington, is very involved in historic preservation. And, you know, down the downtown Washington organization, they've won national awards for for uh, uh, preservation of, of some of the, the old older structures. And, and going, going back to when I served, you know, on the historic preservation tax credit, that's the that's the, obviously the biggest one, but it's also the one that you get the most bang out of the buck. One out of four of the dollars that go to that program goes to goes back into the program and, and renovates old structures that wouldn't be renovated. But the, I think the problem is, as, as I recall, is the fact that you can you can go out several years and, re- and redeem these tax credits. Oh, especially low income, it could be ten. My 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 understanding, and I also there could be some situations where they get a historic tax credit and they don't redeem it for two or three years. Some of them yeah. they redeem right away though. Right, but continue. But that's that's the problem. I think is the fact that you can't you can't budget for them, and that was, that was a discussion we had in the Senate right. before. The fact that you know you can budget for so much, but then all of a sudden. Several years out, all these tax credits are being redeemed, and, you, and then all of a sudden, oh, you're in a you're in a, a, a really a, an economic mess or, or a budget bind. But um, there's got to I know there's got to be some common ground there, but it looks like to me the deck is stacked, and I think the committee is is they're gonna they're gonna do what they can to do away with the tax credits, and it's gonna kill economic development. It's especially again, you look at St. Louis here, Kansas City. Oh my God. You know the 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 older structures that have been uh, brought back, uh, the you know the Chase Park plazas, the, the all over the place. It's it's unbelievable. So as you know, and and I'm not I'm not a big one for, you know, oh we got to save this structure, you know, and all that. I I mean I, I there there are some that I think need to be torn down. There's other need to be saved. But again, you look at you look at this program. It has been very successful, and believe me. There was there was a, there was a lot of taxes that are being brought on these structures that that would not be 
had it not been for that historic tax credit program. The last time they reduced some of these programs was in 2009 when you were still in the Senate. Mm -hmm. I just want to know, because this is, I assume there's going to be an attempt next year to even make further cuts to it. Well, I, I think I think they're going to try to whack them all. Yeah. How much pressure did you get as a senator to not cut this programs, and especially the the historics, and especially the low income housing tax credits? I wouldn't say. Well, I, I I wouldn't say I got a huge amount of pressure, but I I did get a considerable amount of pressure from those that are involved in the process. And I remember when we took we took a tour of the different projects. Uh, here in the St. Louis area and, and statewide that, that had been uh, renovated through the Historic Tax Credit Program, the Continental Hotel here, and again, Chase Park Plaza, a number of, right. uh, of, of structures that have been brought back. Um, in, in, in Washington, I can show you several, several well, in fact, places. That's what I was going to ask you. If Washington, Missouri, if developers there have been taking advantage of some of that. Yes, yeah, and, and we don't have as, as much, obviously, as they do in St. Louis or Kansas City, but we have several. Uh, the farmers, you know, the farmer's market uh, that that is huge, highly successful. We have, we have one of the, the best farmer's market in Washington than in the state of Missouri. We really do. Very proud of it. It's, it's a neat facility. But, there, again, you look, at, you, you look at these structures that were slated for demolition, and they've been able to bring them back. And, and again, they're back on the tax rolls. It's how do you deny that? But again, I understand the st- when you're when you're in a financial bind, just like with Medicaid, you gotta you 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 gotta look at these programs and say where, you know where where have we got to make the cuts and you know you got to. Sh- I think everybody has to equally share. So looking a bit more broadly at, at your view on state politics, you know, I remember pretty clearly in 2007. You mentioned the previous question, which is a maneuver that kills a filibuster. Mm-hmm. Happened a few times in 2006 and 2007, and that caused great acrimony between Republicans and Democrats. Then there wasn't a previous question used for like seven or eight years, and now they're doing it pretty regularly again. And I've I've talked with some people that were in the legislature back then who aren't anymore, who say, you know use this maneuver at your own peril because it's just going to create a more toxic right. atmosphere. And the interesting thing is kind of an aside is that a lot of the senators now were in the House back in 2007 and they obviously saw what was going on and now they're still using the previous question. I mean, using that as a jumping off point, do you think that, you know, killing Democratic filibusters like that is going to come back to haunt Republicans based on what happened in 2007. Well, I'm, I'm just going to tell you, I, I, as you know, I miss, I, I miss the legislature, okay, or at least the, some of the people. But quite honestly, I'm glad I'm not there now. I see what's happened. I see that the discourse, uh, especially in the Senate, it's, it's really sad. Some of the things that have been said and done, uh, it's it's really it it it's sad. I, I'm glad I'm not there, but yeah, y- y- there are times where you have to you have to you if you can't you again if you can't get it passed the normal way, okay. If if they're gonna if if they're gonna be obstructionist, at some point you've got to put your foot down and say you got to lead and say you know I, I'm not gonna let a small minority be obstructionist. But but on the other hand, you got to try to work with that group, in which we a lot of cases we did, 
and and there were compromises that were made. It just seems like now nobody wants to, and that's the problem we have in in government today and politics. Nobody wants to compromise. It's it's a bad word nowadays. Well, that's how you get things done. Hey, look, what can I do to to what can I do to help you to get this passed? And 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 that's one thing that that I, I missed in the Senate. Is I was able to do, as you know, probably I was able to do do that a lot, and yes. and we were able to get get some stuff passed. But it seems like now it's just it's just cutthroat, and it's sad. Uh, again, there has to be more in in politics today. There has to be more give and take. If you're going to draw a line in the sand and say I'm not going to bend on this, you're not going to get anything done. And and that's people have to go back to trying to work together, in both on the, the local, state, and national level. And we don't do that anymore. It's all my way or the highway, and that's that's just wrong. Now, um, w- are there particular issues that you feel in Jeff City that affect Franklin County where you see where this um, stalemate, you know, because of uh, the toxic atmosphere is really hurting? I mean, is it? Economic transportation, a lot of things. I'm just. It's a lot of things, but one thing too. I don't want to just blame Republican versus Democrat. There's, there's, you know, there's Republicans and Republicans that that don't get along, and and that's that's sad too, you know. But um, there there are some other issues. Well, the county one one big thing for the counties is nine one one is nine one one funding cell phones. You know that that issues every year it comes up, and I hear this. Oh, we got a chance to pass it. Well, no, it 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 always dies. It seems like they finally they can get it through the House, but when it gets to the Senate, it's always late in the session. And again, there are a small group of senators that 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 block it. Well, again, I don't want I don't advocate the use of the PQ, but doggone it. Again, I think you run a filibuster out. You do like they do, did in the old days, like when Mr. Smith goes to Washington. You 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 basically make them make them carry out the filibuster and then get it and get it passed. Well, I got to ask this question because back when you were in the Senate, I do recall that uh, Governor Matt Blunt did get criticized from time to time on issues. I know there were some social conservatives that didn't mm-hmm. like his view on stem cells. There were people that didn't like the Mohila bill, which you can Google and read about. I'm not going to get into it. But, you know, I didn't really see him, like, personally attack legislators. I think he tried to stay out of that fray. You obviously see a different scenario now with Governor Eric Greitens actually, like, attacking specific legislators on issues. Yeah, his nonprofit group. And and him personally. Like, you know, during the pay raise situation, he actually called out Denny Hoskins and Paul Whelan by name. So... I mean, those are two different strategies. Matt Blunt was a one-term governor. He did face some consequences from the Republicans not supporting him on everything. Do you think that what the governor is doing with the legislature now it, 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 it should be done, or do you think it might come back to, to hurt him in the end, from, from your view? I'm going to be very honest and frank, which I have been with you all. Um, you have to work as a governor. You have to work with the legislature. And it's sad. It's sad that that the governor hasn't learned that. Um, you know, he when he ran, and I'm 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 gonna admit to everybody here, I voted for him. Okay, um, my good friend Mike Gibbons. Mm-hmm. Okay, I mean Mike's daughter works for 
for for Governor Greitens on the on the the fundraising side. It still does, and but I guess what bothers me, and I'm gonna use the phrase: you live by the sword, you die by the sword. I mean, he's out there criticizing, you know, the those that have served for a number of years, you know, and you know he's the he's the new guy in town, and and I understand that, and I can appreciate that, but again. You have to work with the legislature, and he doesn't do that. And and especially when you when you go out and criticize, and, and you know somebody's doing something wrong. I, I I understand that. Okay, I mean I've I've been there, done that. I it's it's not a good thing, but again you can't you can't say oh they're crooked politicians over here and then over here saying oh no I'm doing this and and it's okay with that. Well no, if you're it, it's like. And I'm going to, again, I'm going to give you something here. All this about ethics reform and how the gifts and all that, I'm sorry. It, it, is, it is ridiculous. To think that a dinner can buy a legislator is, is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, I know there's some that, that abuse it with all the tickets and all that. If they put a cap on it, that's one thing. But going to dinner, you know, you, again, Going back to this trying to com- the compromise bit, you gotta socialize with with legislators on both sides of the aisle. You can't just you leave live in a cocoon and go out here and 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 pass your legislation. You can't do that. You gotta you gotta work with people. You gotta socialize and get to know them. That's how I got stuff done, and it and you know it worked for me. You can criticize me however you want. That's fine. But you know what? I was able to 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 get stuff passed and work compromises, but nobody does that. And this like in this in this case with the governor, you know, I know there's people that have told him, you know, look, you got to work with the legislature, but I, he, I don't think he sees it that way. Well, we'll see how successful it is because you know it may end up being something that the public likes because they don't like legislators right now, but we don't we don't know that for a couple years now, at this point. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm assuming that some of your comments are have to do with his nonprofit group where he can mm-hmm. uh, set up and he can take unlimited amounts from unknown donors. So we have no idea, like, who is giving money to this group. We see a little evidence of how it's spent because it's been spent to attack some fellow Republicans. Uh, Schaff, uh, Senator Schaff is among those who is calling for disclosure of these groups if they're active in Missouri politics. Do you have any thoughts about that? Because this is a phenomenon that really wasn't around that much when you were in the General Assembly, unless right. I'm wrong. No, but I'm it, just interested in your take on that. And does that feed into this um, issue of whether or not he gets along with legislators? Well, you know, again, and I forgot the phrase, but, you know, he criticizes the career politicians. I'm one. I guess I'm one. Obviously, I've been next year when I retire, it'll be 36 years in public office of some kind. But you know, again, he you can't just come on the scene and all of a sudden the career politicians they're no good and all that. Hey, wait a minute. You know, you serve in local government and and you've been where I've been and and had to make the tough decisions that I've had to make. I mean, it, it, then you if you walked in my shoes. You know, then you understand where I'm coming from. But just to put a blanket, a blanket name on a career politician's well, you're a career politician, and and you know you're no good. I mean, it's ridiculous. And and again, going back to this, going back to this issue of of the the special thing again, he's saying how bad the the corruption is in Jeff City. You you got some. Put it this way, there are none of us without sin. Okay, so you got you got some people that you know, have made mistakes. 
I, I, I'm going to tell you something, though. I, I, again, I'll say it this way. I, I don't think that he should judge with, with this other nonprofit that he's got. Again, it's all part of, it's all part of, of perception. And if he wants to be, and, and, and again, I'm trying not to criticize him, but again, if you're per, trying to perceive that, that you're the, the best thing that came around since sliced bread and, and that, you're, that you're, you're clean and all that, you can't, have, you can't be criticizing everybody over here when, when you, you've got something that's maybe kind of questionable here. You need to disclose it and move on. And, and that, that's where I think is really the biggest mistake. He should go ahead and disclose who the donors are and move on to something else. But, but again, unfortunately, he's not doing that. And I think it, I, again, I think it, it's perception. And again, he, he's, you know, he's, he's criticizing out of both sides and that's not right. So before we end the show, I just heard you, you're not going to be running for reelection. No, sir. I'm retiring. You're retiring. Like, are you going to go to Branson or like, what are you going to do next? No, I got, uh, I'm going to, I'm on a couple other boards that, uh, I won't, uh, like Oats Transportation. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm on the Oats board out of Columbia and I'm on the, uh, Missouri Main Street Connection board. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I want to, I'm going to do some volunteer work. I'm in, I'm active in our Lions Club, former president. And, um, so I want to stay active that, but it's time for me to, as probably, you're probably surprised at some of the comments that I made, but you know, I, 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 um, it's time for me to retire, but uh, you, you see some of the new people that come on. If, and again, if they've, if they, if they would work up through the local government, like I have and served, I think you get a different perspective on politics. Will, will you be endorsing Brock Olivo like you did for <laughs> Congress to replace you? Know, you know, I haven't talked to him since then. I have not seen him since then. He, he's now the special teams coach of the Denver Broncos. Is I think he, he really? I think he'd make a fabulous presiding commissioner. <laughs> so, so, so is your key message here is that being a career politician, if you if it shows you have a lot of experience, is it necessarily bad? No, it's not bad. It's it's how you serve the people. And that's, that's with anybody. I say if you serve like I have with your heart and soul and you try to do the right thing. And, you know, look, we all make mistakes. I'm, I'm, I'm not perfect, but one thing I, I've learned a long time ago, I'll admit my mistakes. You know, if we screw up and we do all the time, I'll, I'll come forward and, and admit it and we move on. It's when you try to hide, when you try to hide your mistakes is when you get in trouble. But again, I, I, I think it's better when you, when you serve in some capacity and then you move up the line because you see how it's done. If you start out on the high end, you don't realize how things, you know, how things operate on a, on a local level. And I think that's the most important. But, you know, unfortunately, you know, obviously there's going to be some disagree with me on that, but, you know, uh, I, it's worked for me and I'm very, I'm, very proud of my career. For all of our stories, that's stillpublicradio.org. Follow me on Twitter at Jay Rosenbaum. Follow Joe on Twitter at Jay Manis. That's J M A N N I E S. I, you're not on Twitter, are you? Nope. Okay. I don't do Twitter or Facebook. <laughs> just, just call him on his phone. <laughs> yes. Franklin County. I don't know yeah, what call, it is. Was it Franklin County Courthouse? Is that the best? Yeah. Way well, to here, get here. I'm one of the few. I'll even give you my cell phone number: three one four six five zero. Five seven seven seven. That's my. That's my. And that's my personal cell phone. So the county doesn't pay for my cell phone. Call him on his cell phone. We'll talk to you all later. Until then, so long.